Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 74, recorded on September 24th, 2018 of Microsoft Ignite, where John and Jason interview Amir Nets, technical fellow and chief architect of Microsoft BI offerings about all things Power BI. And we talk about the atrocities that happened in Pittsburgh previous weekend. Good afternoon, Jason. Hey, John. How you doing, buddy? I'm all sorts of good. I'm all sorts of good. Except for the weather here, everything is awesome. Uh, you know, we actually had almost Canadian-like weather this morning as far as the chilliness. Oh, yes. I saw 44 degrees. Wow, wow. Well, I think that's a warm day 70, here right now. But it's 70 degrees now, so you know. Okay, okay. Well, it's, it's been raining for, well, all five days now, so I'm about to go out and start building a building an ark, I think, because that would be a good idea. Yeah, well... We had that going on for the past three months. Okay. I actually was in Austin, Texas yesterday. I drove up, and when I crossed the lake, the lake, I've never seen it this high. Oh, wow. It was unbelievable. They Austin was under boil restriction for a while there. It was really not good because nice. of, of all of the rain and everything that we had going on. So, But happily, all is better now. So a couple of topics we want to cover off before we get to Amir's episode. And I'll I'll drop a new one in on you that I didn't tell you about before that I just wanted to mention. I've been posting socially about what happened in Pittsburgh last weekend. Oh, yeah. It's, It's at the top end of my mind. And for anybody who knows me, it's obviously, you know, the... The atrocities that happened at the Tree of Life Synagogue it hits near and dear to me and to my heart. And seeing as I, we have an Israeli on as our interview for this week, thought it was something that I, I needed to be said. It's a good point. And uh, hate is hate is bad, no matter where you find it. Taking actions upon that is is worse. But you know the the thing that has has made me smile today was uh, a good friend of ours, Reuven Gotz's father. Ellie Gotz's post. Yeah, I was Gotts's about to bring post. that up if you hadn't. That's wonderful. So, well, I did not publicly post my, my, I posted something pretty long on Facebook that you had commented on. I didn't post that publicly. It was more just for, you know, those people who know me. Ellie is a Holocaust survivor and just an awesome human being who is the father of, a, yet again, another awesome human <laughs> yeah. being that we adore, another fellow Canadian of yours. Yep. And so we're going to put that into the show notes. And I just, you know, just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's reached out and been very supportive during all of this. It's a, it's a tough thing. It's been very hard trying to talk to my kids about it, but people who've reached out and wanted to talk, it's been very therapeutic to to have conversations about it, especially right now, you know, I'm wearing my I voted sticker. I voted today before we were recording this, you know, with the midterm elections and everything. I don't talk politics publicly. I don't barely even talk politics with my <laughs> wife. But, you know, the the important thing is to to have a rational debate and to have open minds and proper conversation. And, you know, hate is not... Would be nice, wouldn't it? Hate is not something that is tolerable in my world. So, you know... Get out there, do do your part, do your voting. But uh, you know this this episode will drop on uh, on November sixth, which here in the states is uh, is election day. So hopefully, if you're hearing this and you're and you've forgotten to vote, you get out and do do so. Vote your conscience. Do whatever's right by you. No no political statement here, other than be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Well so. said. Well said. Man. Anyway, 
Moving on from that, let's get to BI stuff because that was uh, that was off character of what we usually do, but I felt like something needed to be said. Good for you. Want to uh, to point out one thing before we get to the uh, the interview that we're going to drop, and that was last week we had Chris Finland on the show. Uh, it was an awesome interview. We always love talking with Chris. The blog post that he referenced in the episode has now dropped. It dropped on November 1st. Talking about export to PowerPoint. Export to PowerPoint is now generally available. Yep. And looking ahead at what's coming next, we're going to dig into this in next week's episode. Our interview is with Amir is really long, and I've monologued now for long enough. We're not going to dig into it this week, but we wanted to make sure you guys knew that it's out there. It's posted. Go take a look. And we'll talk about some of the things that are really important from this, along with a lot of the news from SQL Pass, and all sorts of other stuff that's going to come out next week in that episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, John, this was a, this was a, an awesome interview that we got an opportunity to do. I was looking forward to this one for for a little while. We were we were hinting it. We had a big interview when we were at Ignite, and well, this is this is the one we were talking about. And uh, I was definitely looking forward to this, getting to talk to Amir. Uh, as I've mentioned, I've mentioned a bunch of times that. Uh, He's the one that introduced me to not Power BI, not personally at the time, <laughs> but he's certainly the first one I ever heard out of the words. As we spoke to him, we found out not only, you know, was he was he the father of analysis services, it turns out he's the analysis of Power Pivot. And he, he's had a whole lot to do with Microsoft BI over the years. So uh, you know, I've got a bit of a career hanging off of him, really. <laughs> uh, it was very, very cool. And the fun part was we... Uh, you're you're going to hear in the episode some background noise, and we'll apologize for the background noise, but it matters. We got an opportunity to sit down and have dinner with Amir and talk to him for about two hours before we actually turned on the microphone. Yeah. And so we ended up making him reiterate some of the stuff that he had talked about, but the man is absolutely fascinating. A lot of fun to talk to. He's got great insights and great vision as to where things are heading, and he's got a an amazing team around him, and he really recognizes and appreciates that. That came through loud and clear, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We we held back publishing this episode uh, until we got all of the other episodes from Ignite out, except for Arun. We still have Arun's uh, episode to publish, but we wanted to wait because and talking with Amir, he all often felt like uh, in the conversation what the team was doing was so important. And so we felt like, let's get their stories out. Mm-hmm. Let's get all that stuff out first before we publish his episode. And so you'll hear some things that we've already heard about, but really very cool to get to interview this man. And we look forward to having him on in the future again, because he's told us that he would do that. But it was it was a good uh Good interview from our perspective. Hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah. And we're not gonna we're not gonna wrap on the backside. We're just gonna let this one stand on its own. So John, I will talk with you next time. Yeah, it's it's been great. And let's uh let's head into that interview. Feel uncertain about your Power BI success? What are the questions you need to answer to deliver value? Tumble Road can help. They will put you on the road to success with training, advice, and products that get you to value faster, just like they've done for other Fortune 50 customers. Download their free Power BI guide, packed with technical tips and tricks, at tumbleroad.com forward slash success. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. 
Well, we are sitting here at Microsoft Ignite. Technically, we're off-site for Microsoft Ignite. We so are. We've got a little bit of background noise tonight because uh, we were able to get some time with Amir Nets and uh, decided to do it over dinner. So we yeah, got a little background noise, too, a little bit ambiance for an episode. Doesn't happen all that nice. often, you know? You gotta use words at some point, John. <laughs> I thought you were gonna keep talking. I can keep talking, but you know, uh, this is why we have an audio guy, because you right. just never know. We had a good first day of keynotes and vision and all sorts of interesting stuff. You know, Satya came out and made some some announcements, not too many announcements, made one big one uh, that was interesting to me, and then he made another one that was uh, industry interesting. I like the AI for humanitarian purposes. I thought that was really cool. And then the one about Adobe and SAP and Microsoft. But all that stuff will be covered in other episodes. We actually have some time here with Amir. Amir, would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, my name is Amir Nets, and I am a technical fellow at Microsoft. I'm the CTO of Power BI. I've been with Microsoft for 22 years, working on BI for pretty much all this time. I joined Microsoft when Microsoft uh, acquired a, a company, a BI company, in 1996, which I was a founder in, and that's how Microsoft got into BI and how I got into Microsoft. It's quite a story, You and you are the first person I've ever heard uh, utter the words Power BI uh, on stage at, I believe it was WPC 2013 in Washington, is that right? Wow, you are... You have amazing memory. I can barely eat. remember what I ate for dinner, but yes. We talk about that uh, quite a bit. So, you know, it's still very... You, you did a demo on stage that just blew my socks off. And I, I, I got the, into uh, Power The Carey demo. That's the one. <laughs> King of the Hill, I think it was called. And, uh, and uh, that launched me on, you know, at the time that was all Power BI and SharePoint and basically SharePoint Online. I, I'm going to know this stuff cold. And I embarked on that. So thanks. Yeah, it's, it was definitely uh, pivotal for me as well. It was very, very cool to get to see. I'd been doing BI for a little while, but it was one of those eye-opening things like, wow, BI, ju BI just became cool. It was that moment when my friends who were not BI people came up and said, have you heard about this new BI thing? Like, yeah, kind of, kind of saw it. It was a big smile. Yeah, you moment, know, it's, so. it's great. I've been passionate about BI for so many years. It's just great to see how now everybody else gets it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it, that's, a, that's an excellent point, because you've been with Microsoft for a long time. Um, since that, it was 96, was it? Uh, in 96, well, acquisition that happened, yes. It was, was the acquisition, and that's the, and basically acquisition was SSAS, right? Uh, analysis service, or what is now today analysis Yeah, so, so yes, Microsoft bought the assets uh, that really became the kernel to what the beginning called the SQL Server OLAP services. Yep. Two years later was renamed to SQL Server Analysis Services, which is still the pretty much the workhorse of IT-centric BI. And it is still the foundation of our BI today. So you, you basically rightly be called the father of SSAS. I mean, if that's that, that, oh, that is for the grand granddaddy, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> But um, so that, but we, we've had that since then, and it's been since really 95 that Power BI caught fire, I mean, in, in, in a very big way, and has really, you know, captured the imagination of a lot of people. Whereas, I mean, as you mentioned, it, that engine has been around for a long time in different, different forms, I mean, but what would you, what's the difference? Why is it only now that you think that it's caught on so widely? I think that it's a combination, like everything, there's not a single answer. And I think yeah. it's a combination of several things that, you know, were perfect, perfect timing. The vision of making 
BI, a, a widespread thing, moving from the niche of the analyst and the high-end executive to something that is truly be used by everybody in every company, was something that we had for a couple of decades now. It's not like we always dreamt of that. Suddenly it becomes a reality and you ask, great question, what, what has changed? First of all, there is an element of market maturity. There is certainly, I think, that uh, companies started to realize the importance of data and the importance of uh, insights and empowering the employees and, and that the, the role, and they saw great example from very successful companies and what they can do with data and how they can optimize. And I think there was, a, suddenly people woke up to the power of data. That's, that's one thing. Uh, so I think the timing is right. Uh, the timing was also right when the cloud came about. The cloud is became this huge facilitator for us because it allowed us to connect with, with business users immediately. They don't have to go and install servers and they don't have to go and administer anything. Uh, we, we had this, when we came with Power BI, the modern age Power BI, we came with this mantra of five by five. The five seconds to sign up, five minutes to wow. Saying business users can come in to the service, they can sign up in five seconds, they're already users of the service. We have a whole battery of, of applications ready for them to use to connect the favorites data, whether it's sales Salesforce or Dynamic or Google Analytics or, or whatever, right, Marketo, already you can just point to their account in those services and we'll build for them a full set of dashboards and reports with data set that can refresh immediately. They don't need even, not only they don't need the IT guys to help them, they don't need even to be business analysts to help them. Everybody can come and start doing it. And that, that alone already change dramatically uh, the, the, the adoptability of Power BI. Everybody can go and try it. And then we made some radical moves about how we think about, about how to reach everybody. And we all, you know, I'm an engineer and we like to talk about technology and innovation and so forth. But if you look at the greatest innovations of all time, the greatest innovation didn't come just with some amazing patent. It came also with an amazing economic disruption. And we're looking, you know, looking at the printing press, it lowered the prices of books by orders of magnitude. Look, look at the steam engine, it lowered the cost of power, of horsepowers, by orders of magnitude. You look at the, at the PC that started the information age, it, it, it lowered the the cost of computing, of, of cycles of, of computing by orders of magnitude. All these things, you know, we can talk about all the technical patterns behind it, but the most important thing that happened, it, it, it lowered the economic price point by an order of magnitude, made it accessible to so many more people. And that's how the revolution started, by having so many more people having the ac access to that innovation. And we decided that we are going to do the same thing with Power BI. So we came up with an unbelievable price point at the time with less than $10 per user per month, mm -hmm. which was an order of magnitude of anybody, lower than anybody else out there. And then we took the, the piece of technology, which was really the crown jewel of all of our competitors, that analyst tool. The, you know, the, the, the tool where the professional business analysts can go and analyze the data and author reports and so forth. This is the tool that was the most expensive piece in the whole package. We said, we're going to give it away for free. We're just going, we, it's, it's the most important thing for us that people will produce lots and lots and lots of content. We gave it away for free. 
and then it exploded in a very, very good way. And, you know, three years later, RBI is, in my opinion, unstoppable force. It just, and it's not just, it's not just a product, the community behind the it product. Sure it just, it's so enthusiastic, so energetic. We don't need many salespeople to sell for RBI because the users are selling it. They're loving it so much and they're engaging with us and they give us so much feedback and helping us to make the product better and better and better. And that's the last piece of you know secret sauce that we had. We change how we work with the community. We are with the community every day on Twitter and in the forums and in the blogs. And uh, we, we ask them to vote on their favorite features and we deliver their, fa their, their features quickly. We tell them what we think. We are open and transparent and, and they know us. We know them and, uh, and that's, that changed everything. So that's kind of what, that's kind of in a nutshell what made Power BI the kind of product you see today. And the rest is just bits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say from my world perspective, I, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about Office 365. I spend a lot of time talking about SharePoint, the, the adoption conversations that we always have, teams, this and that. I, I very rarely have to go in and try and pitch someone Power BI when I go visit a customer. They come and ask me questions about it. They're like, we're ready to do this. Tell us how we help. They're, you know, tell us how we, how we drive this in our business in a different way. Like. But but they're already starting to organically use it. It's I, I agree with you. It's not something that in, even inside of large enterprises, it, we we have to really go in and, and try and convince people of the value. It's you know we always want they always fight over what the cost is. But they, no matter what people do, that's always going to be a thing. Yeah, it's stunning. Power BI just celebrated its third birthday. Third birthday. Yes. Just, three, only three uh, years. Just, just three years. You know, just last month or month a month and a half ago. And I'm sitting, I'm flying on planes, and people ask me, you know, the people sitting there, hey, are you from Microsoft? What do you do at Microsoft? And I tell them, I'm working on Power BI. Oh, we use Power BI. And I go to my soccer, some soccer game, and the Baron tells me, what do you do at Microsoft? I tell them, I'm working on Power BI. Oh, I run my company on Power BI. Like, it's everywhere. It's, it's like, it's stunning how it proliferated everywhere in just three years. I just ran, you know, I, I, I was actually intrigued by, by my anecdotes of so, encountering so many people telling me that they are running Power BI. I asked the team just this weekend, just this weekend, I asked them to run and tell me, take the Fortune 500 and tell me how many of the Fortune 500 are, have users that are actively using Power BI? You know, some, some of them small and some of them big, but how many? It came out with said, the number is, 476 companies out of the Fortune 500. That's 97% of the Fortune 500 companies are now using Power BI in some capacity. Wow. Some of them are just sprouting, some of them are heavily deployed. But 97% coverage of the incredible. Fortune 500 in, in three years. Now, I don't think it took Excel or PowerPoint or Word only three years to get to no, this kind of fantastic. presence. I don't think there's almost any product that got this kind of presence in three years. That is viral adoption, if I've ever seen it. Well, that's awesome. I'll bet, I, I'll bet you some of the ones that aren't using it are your competitors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. You know, it's the top 50. I can tell you there are not a lot of companies in the top 50s, but you're right. There are the names that you can think of as our primary <laughs> competitors. You will not find Power BI there. There, there they are 
as you know, the, the fly in our ointment. <laughs> we'll get there, maybe. <laughs> that site might be blocked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're here at this show, and it's great to actually get a chance to sit down with you and talk. And you're here to, for tomorrow. You're doing a, a keynote session. It's a sub, you know, one of the, the sub-keynotes. Sachi did his big uh, vision keynote today. This show is obviously not going to drop until after. But the, the session that you're doing, we're going to put the, the number in the show notes. And there, you, know, you can go in. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, obviously you're, you can go off later and go watch the session. You'll be able to download uh, it. Yeah, that's you right. Can, you, can go, you can go watch it streaming and the whole nine yards to the tech community. But... What can you tell us about what, what you might be talking about tomorrow? Yeah, we're very open, you know, as, as you said, we are incredibly open about how we think about things and what we believe in. And we're just going to spill it out tomorrow as usual. We just tell you what, how, where we're going. And, you know, and so the first three years of our BI were all about self-service BI. We're all about getting you know, getting the, the, the analysts to use the Power BI desktop or publish reports, getting the end users to love those reports, asking for more, exploring the data, and you know, the five by five that I talked about before, all this stuff, it's, it's, it worked wonderfully. And as, as we were spreading and sprouting and growing, we started getting a lot of calls from the guys in IT and saying, well, the users are raving about Power BI and they all want Power BI and, I guess we're going to have to do some corporate wide Power BI thing. So we engage and you know, we are actually deployed in, in, very, in a broad scale and very large companies. But as the guys from IT came, they look at Power BI and said, that's great for the business analysts and great for the business users, but uh, we really have a, you guys need to add a bunch of features for us in IT because we have our own needs. And the way we think about BI and governance and security is very different than how the business analysts think about it. And, and this year is the year where we are really prioritizing the large-scale, enterprise-scale BI as bringing it to market as part of Power BI. Now remember, Power BI is three years old, but Microsoft has been in the BI for 22 years. And we have accumulated, and, and for most of the time, it was all about enterprise BI. We have the, the, most, the best-selling BI server with all SQL Server Analysis Services. We have the best-selling in the industry reporting server with SQL Server Reporting Services. Yep. These are the workhorses of enterprise BI, of where the IT that BI that, that is, is being deployed by the guys who actually know something about computers. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and this is IP that we acquired over, built and acquired over decades that has, is proving itself in hundreds of thousands of servers deployed in tens of thousands of organizations. And now we have this. And this stuff is gold for the guys in IT. And we're bringing all of it into Power BI. So we're bringing the full power of analysis, analysis services with its full scale and sophistication into Power BI. And we start by opening up the file sizes and creating this very large semantic models and bringing display folders. But I can tell you, we'll bring eventually also multi-dimensional models into Power BI because kind of this is still IT. They love this stuff, right? Yeah, that's going to come. And we're John, bringing, whoa, 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 whoa. John, John's eyes went really <laughs> big there. So. Really? Yeah, because they care about it. We care. Our goal is really to bring, you know, to bring IT with us through this next fourth industrial revolution. We cannot let them, we're not going to keep them behind, leave them behind, 
uh, we want to allow them to join the revolution in the cloud without losing anything. So the, they'll be able to bring the largest tabular models, the largest. They'll bring to Power BI the multi-dimensional models. That's going to be a later, a bit later, not the next few months, but it's going to come. We're going to let them bring. By the, the way, you, when, when you're referring to later, you're referring to later as just past a few months. <laughs> That's <laughs> not how we years work. Away. That's how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, I have to throw that in. But it's it, yeah, we we don't we don't make statements about the years to come anymore. You know, we we learn. I you know our planning horizon is the following. We know what we're going to do in the next three months. We have a pretty decent idea what likely we'll do in the, next, in the three months after that. And beyond that, we'll figure it out. Because again, the, the community is driving us. The feedback is constantly coming. We cannot overcommit. We have to be always agile on our feet, be able to, based on the feedback, decide what we do next. And this is the secret sauce. So there are no master plans in any significant way. Yes, there are few. We know where we are heading generally. Features? We let it play. We try to be as agile, as fast as we can. We'll not commit ourselves to a, to something that takes us a year to deliver, but try to deliver in small increments and learn as we deliver and see what is missing and hear you guys and build the next the next thing. So yes, so we don't we, we're not talking about ages here for the multi-dimensional to come. Big tabular is coming now. It's coming in the next months, yeah. and of course the reporting services, the RDO one. That's the other big workhorse coming to Power BI coming very soon. So with this, we really open up the ability for people to just take all these assets that they have accumulated over decades on premises with analysis services and reporting services, and just move them to Power BI and enjoy everything they built, but with all the extras of Power BI. And the extras are fantastic. Yeah, any note. Of course. I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, but the, keep coming back to the time frame. And we're moving to the enterprise, but we're moving in the, in the month time frame. And you guys come out with new stuff every single month is pretty much the cadence now. And as you say, you're listening to the community, uh, user voices. Is, I, you keep, you guys keep, whenever I talk to your team, it's, this yeah. is the number one thing on user voice. We're working on we're <laughs> PDF, I, yeah, I yes, believe. Exactly. Was, that was the big thing. It was so proud that we delivered on the number one thing on user voice. But it's monthly, and I and we see this in the MVP community with the mailing list, whenever there's an issue. You, the team, the core team is responding like this. It's amazing. The, I, the it, thing it, that impresses me is not only are you guys delivering on such a, a rapid cadence, the things that are being asked for, but the documentation level that comes out alongside yes. of it between what Amanda puts out every month with the, the big book of what's new. <laughs> and then you know we, we, we turn around and, and do our podcast and talk about it. But Adam's always, Adam Saxon's always putting out new, new, new stuff every three times a week. Three times a at week. At this point. And, you know, and all of the videos that you guys are putting out as well, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal to see. So, and the fact that it's not just user voice, but you all are talking to customers. Your product team, your product managers are talking to customers on a regular basis. It's awesome. We are in this amazing virtual cycle where the excitement of the community energizes the team. The team can deliver more, they can deliver better. The team cannot, it doesn't dare to fail the, the, you guys doesn't dare to fail you. So they have to do, you know, to up their A game and then beyond A game. And it's just almost like a competition, internal competition, who can do better and who can deliver more. And uh, and, and the feedback is re-energizing and you guys, and like, it's, it's like, it's a wonderful world, you know? <laughs> Everybody cares. There's nobody who just doesn't deeply care about the product that works on the product team. Nobody is here, nobody comes to Power BI to pick up a paycheck. 
It doesn't exist. You, you, they'll feel incredibly uncomfortable where everybody around them is all about the customers, all about innovation, all about exciting, all about you know the, this delivering on this number one user voice or number two or number three, and, and you're, it's infectious. You know, it's, it's infectious in a very very good way, and that's how it works. An energized product team can deliver ten times more than a product team that just goes through the motion. And that's what we have. We have a super energized. And you, you mentioned you've been you've been working on um, the the enterprise work, and there's a lot of really good work. We've talked a fair bit about it in the last um, few podcasts. We talked to Christian Wade. We had him on here talking about the aggregations feature. Have I mentioned I'm excited about that? <laughs> I think, you've mentioned I think I've mentioned that I'm excited about that. A lot of good stuff there. But you know, we also had uh, Will Thompson not too long ago, and he was talking about the emphasis the teams have on fit and finish now within Power BI Desk desktop and the service and a lot of the improvements that they're making there. How would we decide to go and start working on fit and finish on the desktop? I tell you how, how we decide. Well, and we, it wasn't like this, right? First few years, we were in a race. We had, we had a young product with few features and there were very mature competitors on the market and we just have to fill the gap, yeah. fill the gap. And the competitors did did us a favor by sometimes listing the gaps and gave us a challenge <laughs> and gave us a challenge that's, that's and we cool. love challenges <laughs> and and it was really funny because it was a competitor was saying 12 things that power bi cannot do and three months later they had to issue a correction nine things that power bi cannot do <laughs> And six months later, they had to take the whole post down. So, Is that so right? That's yeah. how it worked. That's that, awesome. That's, that's how it worked. And we were just, it was just galvanizing. You can see the team just was energized. You know, challenge us. Go ahead. You do your best. You know, see what you can. But the thing that I, one thing that I love doing every week is every Thursday evening, they, we, they sent a pre-read for the meeting on on, on Friday, their weekly meeting on Friday on NPS, Net Promotions, Net Promoter Score. Now, if you're a user of Power BI, you know that from time to time, once every three months or so, you're going to get this annoying dialogue, dialogue box that says, would you recommend Power BI to a friend or right, colleague? Right. And from a score from zero to 10. And of course, I hope all of you are feeling the 10, but, of course. Uh, but we are obsessed with that number that we get there because that number is the best indicator of how satisfied people are. And if you are not very satisfied, or you are satisfied, but often when you're not satisfied or you have an issue, you will type a comment. And we read every comment. Every one of the leadership team reads every Thursday each one of the comments. The comments are top categorized using machine learning to topics and then we correct if we got it wrong, but we teach the machine learning more better. And then we analyze quantitatively, but also read one by one all the comments. And if the comment is written in a foreign, in a, in a different language than English, then we have machine learning translation That's awesome. that will translate so we don't miss any of the comments. Every member of the leadership team. Every member of the leadership team reads all the comments, see what we can learn. And one of the reasons that we are now, we finished the features and we're focusing on, on, on making it making it slick and making it easy and making it beautiful because that's kind of what the comment suggested. You know, because our users have a very high bar. They're using Office, and Office has been a fine-tuned set of products that have been honed for 40 years, many of them. And that's true. That's and that's a level of expectation for a Microsoft productivity product, and we need to be there. 
And that's what the comments show us. We are not there yet. And we know that we are not there. There's no argument about it. So we are going to be there. We are making Power BI into the PowerPoint of data. And we're shamelessly copying ideas from PowerPoint. Boy, we have all the patents. It's okay. (laughs) And because I love PowerPoint, it's such a great, great product. And we are going to make it a PowerPoint for data. Because for us, it's more than that. You know, the PowerPoint thing is, is, is more than that. Microsoft got transformed in the last four years. Since Satya Nadella became the CEO, I've been 22 years in the company. Last four years have been so, so different. The culture of the company changed in so many ways, including the energy level, including the, uh, the innovation level. But one of the things that is truly changed is that Microsoft became a true data culture. We moved from an organization where decisions were made by who has the most power, the most influence, who you knew, to an organization where the decision, the, the guy who will win the argument or the gal that will win the argument will win the argument because they have the best data to prove that they are right. And we have today at Microsoft the same usage level for Power BI that we have for PowerPoint. You go through the meeting rooms, you go to see what's projected on the wall, Power BI reports and dashboards, constantly. That's how you make your point. You show that you have the data. So when I say we have to be like PowerPoint, it's because people now are starting to use us as a replacement for PowerPoint. This is how you communicate information. This is how you make points. It's, it's not anymore by just writing bullets. It's by showing compelling data that proves that you're right. So I have to tell you, one of my favorite things recently, this year we've seen it many times, in big keynotes that Microsoft is doing, in big demos, it always seems to be the hot sizzle is, and now we're going to be able to, whether it's you know, augmented reality, which was one, uh, you know, SharePoint Spaces had one, uh, you know, which is, is VR, but all of these things, it's always, now let me show you the Power BI visualization. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's become the sexy thing to be demoed in all of these big keynotes, and that, that it was for a long time other stuff, but now it has become Power BI, and that, that to me is one of those things where, okay, you guys have, have really taken it over. We have no idea. Like, it's happening. It's well, The team is not involved in any of this. It's just that this is completely organic. First of all, virtually every Microsoft employee is a user of Power BI, and not by, not by fiat. It's completely virally took over Microsoft. We have over 100,000 employees of Microsoft using it regularly. It's just unbelievable. It's uh, everything. Like, if we have a problem now, you have to understand, you guys are lucky. You're enjoying the production clusters. The Power BI employees are not so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're, they're doing the dog food. They're always on the earlier rings of adoption. Yes. So, you know, mishaps happen, especially in the earlier rings. We're trying not to. It used to be that people were, okay, you know, we get it. So you went, we, are, we are in the earlier rings, mishaps can happen. Not anymore. <laughs> they don't tolerate it anymore. Their tolerance is Oh problem. my God, they want now to lynch us if we get this disruption that's in the, in the service in the earlier ring for Power BI. Mm-hmm. They run the business on it. It's a big business, like it's a big company. It cannot, you know, they run the business on Power BI. The system goes down for an hour. That's a big disruption. Mm-hmm. Big, big disruption. 
So we have to up, we have to up our game. It's a measure of the uh, the importance of a product as to how loud people scream when it's made unavailable. Yes, <laughs> yes. and we have to become better. And uh, yeah, see, so you'll see part of that's what we learned. For example, is since we since we released RBI Premium, you know, it's been it's really it's been really interesting. Like we released it about a year and a bit ago, and the first six months, people were buying it and starting to deploy some applications and so forth. But everything was really good, but no, no new lesson to, for us to learn. And in the last eight months, there was suddenly a surge of deployments. And the largest deployments are all happening on Power BI Premium. And it's the largest customers we have. 29 out of the 30 top customers that we have in terms of usage are all on Premium. And all of these guys are deploying systems that cannot go down. They are deploying it for thousands and tens of thousands of users. They are depending on this information to be available all the time. And if we are suffering disruption in service, that's very, very, you know, we hear about it very, very quickly. And it just, like the, the explosive growth of premium and those mission critical BI applications on premium almost took us by surprise. It happened so fast, like from, kind of slower, kind of, we had the sales, but not really the adoption in the last eight months. It was like the number of mission critical apps that were deployed in Power BI was, was uh, growing fivefold of what was going on before in eight months, five, five, or more than five, you know, 500%. Really? Yes, it was stunning. And the team scrambled to kind of say, oh my God. And, and we didn't realize what, that it actually had different kind of apps. These are mission critical apps going to thousands and tens of thousands of users. And we have this. This is why you start seeing us coming with premium monitoring apps at Kaima. That was a huge relief. People love this stuff. We were yeah. so missing. But you'll see us coming with a whole new set of initiatives to really treat the things that people do on Power BI Premium. It's mission critical that no downtime is, can be tolerated. Proactively, you know, proactively detecting if you're, you remember the Power BI Premium, we change the equation. We, you don't pay us by the user, but you own your own resource. And because of that, you, it's your resource, you can abuse your resource. Like you have a, you're owning a car and you can <clears throat> drive nicely or you can press the gas on the brake and do all sorts of crazy, you know, donuts on the road and do stuff like that. It's yours. Nobody can tell you not to do that. Mm. And people are doing donuts on their premium <laughs> capacities, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> And we realized that we shipped those, those cars without safety belts. And, <laughs> so, and people were burning the engines and, you know. Very apt. <laughs> and so we have to realize we have to help protect the user. We need to teach them, you know, we have to teach them it's their cars, but better learn how to drive it safely. Yep. And let's just give you some automatic transmission so you don't you don't ruin the transmission yourself with manual transmission. Let's give you some autopilot and cruise control. Let's give you some dashboards that you can actually see. Dashboards. That, yeah, so you can see I that. wonder if you can find some dashboards. <laughs> yeah. And so you'll see that it's part of the enterprise, you know, we're talking about moving forward enterprise and serving IT. The number one goal, number one, before everything else, it has to be mission critical ready. It has to be, you can trust it to be there for you day in and day out, all the time. And even if you do something really stupid, you're not going to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> so. It's very cool stuff. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's awesome to hear that Microsoft has adopted it so widely. I remember 
just two and a half years ago or so when we you know we built the the initial version what is now Tigraph for Twitter that's right yeah uh, for the SharePoint uh, big uh, announcement day that they were doing it was the future of SharePoint event and we built you know flow had just come out and so we we put this whole thing together John and I and uh, another SharePoint MVP uh, Dave Feldman spent uh, the weekend putting this whole thing together and it ended up we were monitoring the Twitter traffic and watching all the spikes. We we're sitting there just giddy in the front row, and somehow we found out later that you know it was we it got shown to Jeff Teeper, and it was what is this? It was a, you know one of the first times a lot of the product uh, the SharePoint product team had seen on uh, the Power BI yeah, side right. of things. <laughs> Ended up on Sacha's desk as well, and now that that is the product the Tigraph for Twitter that you guys are doing, which is actually working here at the show very well. It's well. working here at the show very. Well. I, I was just on a segment at the at the show explaining a little bit about it that session builder that was also built for it. But yeah, that's right. We uh, we put Flow and Power BI and all SQL Azure together initially for that. They really caught fire. It did. I, Jeff really liked uh, some of the track. And at the first Ignite, when SharePoint was the most retweeted hashtag two years in a row, he, he, he likes that a lot. Yeah, he, he mentioned in his keynote today, he's like, you know, there's a little internal competition where we watch and they're, they're, they're watching to see what that traffic looks like. And, you know, it's very cool to hear. And our, our friends at Microsoft that are not in the Power BI team, you know, we hear from them. Sometimes we get calls from them. Yes, how, that's, how, that's how, right. how do you do something? How do you do this? But this has all been awesome stuff. And I know we've taken a lot of your time. I want to ask you one more question that is not Power BI specific. You know, we, we I talk, might have one too if it's not the okay. same. So but you go ahead. Over the course of the time we've been spending together, you mentioned that you're a history buff. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, you, you, you demonstrated some of that in some of the conversation, but, you know, it's, uh, you're also a futurist. And so, you know, be, being able to look at the past, to look at the future, I'm curious. I know that the product isn't looking beyond six months right now, but look a couple years out, just the, the, the corpus of the, of, of, of the landscape, right? The, not specific to the product, but just the the technology in general. You know, being where you are at Microsoft, I'm curious. You know, the the cloud revolution was a, a very interesting one. What do you see you know, five years from now, three years from now? That what do you think is coming next for us from a technology perspective? I don't know if I have a if I got a different question it's different. than yours or not. <laughs> uh, it's a great question, and I, I think that we truly are at the at the dawn of the fourth industrial revolution. Now, industrial revolutions are a big deal, an absolutely big deal. They don't come very often. It's not something that we just use every few years to say another industrial revolution. There are only four in a span of about 250 years, right? That's, that's about it. It's not a lot. And it may be 300 years, right? It's four in 300 years. It's, it's uh, every few decades you, you, you claim to have one. And each one of those, when they begin, they begin with Typically, there's a few, one of few technical innovations that start having this noble effect on new innovations that uses those core elements and on society. Society change. Society changed dramatically. If you look at what the first industrial revolution did, it's stunning. They, they move from the you know, farming into industrialization, yeah, from the farmland to the cities. You know, I can spend an hour telling you how that industrial revolution brought literacy to the world. It wasn't Gutenberg, it was a steam engine that brought yep. literacy to the world. It's just stunning that the uh, 
the effect of those revolutions. So, but I don't think that if you ask James Watts when he invented the, the steam engine, he could foresee all the things that will happen in the for, uh, following 80 years and all the all the impact that that engine will have on on society and on economy and all the great other innovations will come come about in transportation and everything. So I think that we are at the dawn. At this point, we know we have the new steam engine. We know the cloud, the data, and AI are the new steam engine. We're starting to see the to see those innovations in action. We see those self-driving cars, and we see those robots. And we know, you know, you go decades out, you start thinking about will people be still needed to do all this manual work? You know, will will we need it? Will can the robot take away most of the work? And what does it mean for society? I have no idea. Some people are scared about it. Some people are excited about it. I put me on the on the latter camp. I'm you know, I'm very very excited about the potential here, that people have way more leisure time and and people don't have to work so hard. And it's been a trend that's been going on very well for humanity. I'm I'm, I'm a big optimist, by the way. I think humanity has improved dramatically over. The, last centuries and even the last few decades, it's just insane what happened in terms of improvement in the state of humanity. Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but it really is objectively happened. You, you must have met, read Matt Ridley, uh, the, the rational optimist. I love Matt Ridley. He's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he's I got to throw a plug in there because you mentioned that. I think he's great. Uh, he's, he's a great, great speaker. And, 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 and all this pessimism, I think the world just getting going to hell in a basket. It's not true. <laughs> we it's are just, in the good old days. Yeah, yeah it's this is this is phenomenal times that we have right now. But I'm looking, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing those personal assistants that are taking over your manual, your, your task. You know, I love the fact that we can talk. You know, I can I can ask Alexa to play me the best songs of the '80s. Okay, <laughs> and this is great. I say, Alexa, play me the best songs of the '80s, and she knows. You know, uh, and it's just great. And I'm, I'm I love the '80s. <laughs> Sorry, I'm too old. <laughs> No, no, he, he we're same. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, people having way more leisure because they don't have their their car. That's not too far in the future. You don't have to drive their car. That's not too far in the future. And you think about how many hours a day an average person will will be able to now go and do some quality reading, uh, do some communicate in a more high quality way with other with their loved ones. I uh, think more, right? Yeah. I think the world of Virtual reality, I think we are scratching, scratching the surface. I think the notion of telepresence, the ability, you know, we see it in movies, you know, Kingsman and so forth, the meeting room where you are sitting with other people. That's not too far out. Absolutely not too far out. The uh, virtual reality is going to change, uh, yeah, change how we, we don't want to travel that much, we don't want to commute that much. It's going to change dramatically. I think that the... Uh, AI in the sense in the sense of solving some of you know powering robotics. Think about robot. Think about we we're going to be in a world where you're going to be able to take a robot and point him to a, a worker that works maybe for Foxconn assembling iPhones and tell the robot watch here for two hours and then you do it. That would be it. That would be it. You just taught the robot how to do the work, and they will do it 24 hours a day without fail, without an error, without a, without a bathroom break, right? That's the world we're going to get to, a robot just looking at people and just learning what they're doing. You don't have to program. You don't have to be a robotic programmer. Just They're just going to watch and going to learn. Now, the innovation we are seeing with biology and the, and the machine-human interaction through biology, I just read that 
you know, you, you, even seeing today the the uh, uh, people who are now moving artificial limbs with their brain. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's insane. Yes. Now, what what does it tell us? It tells us that a world where we'll have artificial bodies now we're going to really future you know futuristic. You know, our body age, our body age, but it can be replaced by artificial parts. You know? It's, That's a you know, cool thought. Yeah. You know, uh, so. That's awesome. Thank you for, for... I don't know. I can go on forever yeah. because we have forever. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's the future. I love it. I, I the, the only other thing, I was hard to follow up on. I, I, guess I, I did want to ask you because I, I've never interviewed a fellow before. How does one become a fellow? I mean, that's a big deal. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, if you don't. I, I, I don't know. There are not a lot of us. No. And we're typically, typically we are fairly, we are alone in our space. Typically we, we, we are known to be pretty experts, you know, deep experts in the space we're in. Different fellows come from different backgrounds. Right? There are fellows in research that, you know, there are, you know, won field medals and so forth. That's not me. <laughs> but uh, there are fellows, so there are fellows, but most of the fellows have some deep, expertise in a technological domain. Some of them are more versatile, they can actually move from domain to domain, and some of us are more, you know, our strength is a specific domain for me, it's Power BI. It's typically Microsoft recognize us if we've done enough unique things that really move the ball for Microsoft over time. And I guess about 100 patents would be, you know, <laughs> probably a few. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I don't think it goes by counting patents. No. But, but I think it, it goes by track record. And they, if, if there is enough enough industry-changing move that is that can be attributed to a person at Microsoft that they can say that guy is the guy who is driving something that is important to Microsoft for a long time, it's not a flash in the pan, then that guy can, can become a fellow. We don't, it's typically we're about 20 or so at the given, given point in time, I think. I don't count. Well, keep driving it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're enjoying it. Yeah. We certainly are. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, to sit down and have have a chat and do the interview. I think we need to let you get back to it because you have a big uh, keynote in the morning. So Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you guys for the time. It was a pleasure and a great dinner. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, wonderful. You. Wonderful. That's great. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.